Welcome to Ideas Fulfilled, a podcast by Printful Enterprise with your host, Eels. In this bi-weekly podcast, we'll meet with e-commerce and retail professionals to chat about burning topics in the retail space, as well as the challenges and sweet moments of victory they've experienced in the labyrinth of e-commerce. Today, I'm joined by head of sales at Printful, Kaspar Stiersis. Printful is an on-demand printing and fulfillment company that helps people turn their ideas into brands and products. Whenever someone, you or your customer, makes a purchase, Printful receives the order, fulfills, and ships it. Kaspers has been with Printful since 2018. In his time here, he's had the chance to not only build a strong sales team from scratch, but also work with the biggest companies in the world. In today's conversation, we'll dig deeper into what challenges online retailers face when they want to introduce merch in their offerings, and what are the solutions to help with these issues. Kaspers, welcome. Welcome. How are you doing? Great, thank you. So you joined Printful in 2018, that's correct, right? Uh, 18, yeah. You basically built the, our sales team from scratch. Technically, yeah. That We had a few, I think before I joined, we did have a few salespeople that worked at Printful. I, don't, I can't say there was much of success. I mean, we, we did learn something from their experience. But yeah, I think when we joined, me and a few other people, right when I joined, that's when we consider the sales team really being born at Printful, yeah. And to give some context to the listeners, Printful was already a successful company by that point, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. but mostly based on like small and medium businesses. Printful was um, established in 2013. And then for the pretty much for the five years, our main customer was a small, medium-sized business. And that is um, everybody who wanted to start their e-commerce business. This is exactly what Printful helped them with. So you can easily start selling merchandise, physical products without risking any inventory and uh, scale globally. So that was uh, for everybody, um, graphic designers, YouTubers, um, everybody that wanted to launch a brand. This is what exactly they could do with Printful. And then we created a sort of a sales team, but generally Printful Enterprise. Well, we didn't call it Printful Enterprise back then, but essentially um, we launched this new division of Printful that would focus on bringing print-on-demand as a solution to bigger brands and bigger companies and bigger e-commerce businesses. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. And back then, what was the state of mind when you spoke with customers who you wanted to get what did they say when they heard about Printful or print-on-demand in general? Well, there definitely was um, sort of like a resistance um, in terms of adapting print-on-demand. And we, well, I mean, we still see today, uh, but five years ago, it was definitely more distinct. The brands that we wanted to get, and, and I mean, big entertainment brands and, 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 and similar brands that we wanted to partner up with, they were like, yeah, print on demand is really not a thing. You know, the quality is not there. The the turnaround time is not there. And and partially that was true in a sense. I mean, like now we have a much more sophisticated printing technology. Uh, five years ago, we did already have state of the art for that time, but for some brands, it was not in line with their expectations. So, and we still see today. Um, even though I think that the quality is is absolutely amazing, um, there are some limitations for for digital printing and some of the decoration methods we have. But we have we have gone a long way and made massive improvements thanks to our partners that we have for printing technology. And do you feel that right now, when you approach customers, it is a different type of conversation? It's sort of a step ahead, or is still most of the time you have to convince people that print-on-demand is not what it was five, ten years ago? Yeah, well, it's easier. It's easier because print-on-demand has grown as a solution um, in five years' time, definitely. Um, 
And also, I mean, Printful is much bigger than we were five years ago. We were still big. Um, we were already big then, but now five years from from then, we are we're much bigger. Also, we have more exposure. We have connections in the industry, so we've we've sort of already are getting very solid momentum. So, and that definitely helps. Also, we're you know, we're valued at billion dollars. You know, that that helps. Now, all the other companies are like, oh, these these you know, this company is big. They're serious, right? These things really really help. But sure, we, we do still get feedback that the quality is not always there, uh, even though it's a massive improvement since um, since we were started. Yeah. Let's imagine I'm a customer that you want to get. What are the what's the conversation? How do you start that conversation? What's the biggest benefit you think a POD company can bring to a business? We typically reach out to companies that haven't really adopted print on demand or are doing this at a very limited scale. And, um, well, the biggest value proposition is, um, it's sort of, there are multiple, but the biggest one is you don't have to hold any inventory. Yeah. You don't have to hold any stock and, and you can read all over the news right now that companies and fashion brands and retailers are trying to get rid of their stock. So that is obviously something that we can help because if you do something on demand, you don't have any stocks, you're not risking anything. But sometimes it's, it's not very easy to explain to brands, like really how to leverage that. We had a very good conversation um, today, actually, a few hours ago with a potential customer. And they're like, we're sourcing um, these custom products from from China and everything's working great. And they're three times uh, cheaper than Printful on-demand solution, right? So why would you even you know, bother going with on-demand? And then we started asking, okay, how exactly are you doing the sourcing? And they said, well, I mean, we, we for example, we want this product, let's say custom leggings and then we order um 10,000 leggings from overseas and ship it back and all sounds great and then i ask okay but how many designs for example do you actually order and I say two it says two okay that's cool but how do you know like whether any of the designs will work and maybe you're not launching any other designs that would sell better than the two that you actually order and then i ask so why you don't order more than two and then the person and then the potential customer says yeah well i mean we don't want to risk the inventory and then, you know, we got to a point that the customer, potential customer started to understand the benefits. And I said, like, listen, you can still launch your two leggings with the two designs um, using your partner overseas. But why don't we launch eight other designs that may actually sell much better than the two? Uh, because you never know which designs are going to sell. I mean, you sometimes know, not like never. But uh, we see all the time that you launch a new design, it doesn't perform, then you're stuck with inventory. So. Again, it might seem it's cheaper sourcing overseas, but at the same time, you're really limiting yourself in terms of how many new designs you release because you have to hold the inventory. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to look at it because also not always, I think people realize that also how long it takes to source things from partners who are very much far away overseas. Yeah. And, and another with the same with the same uh, potential customer, I saw on their website, hey, they have a, a t-shirt they're retailing for 25 euros. And then right now they have a, um, a discount for, I think they, they, they right, right now retail it for 14 euros. And I was asking, okay, what's, what's the deal? And they said, well, we have to get rid of the stock. And I was like, okay, I mean, where, where's the argument of this being um, more cost effective if you have to then really erode your margin by having such a substantial discounts where we don't demand you don't have that right you just sell at a full retail price based on uh, on what's actually the demand there so yeah. yeah 
And perhaps to also give a context to those listeners who don't work with on-demand or haven't heard about it, we only fulfill an order when it gets placed. So there's nothing waiting in stock and you don't need to risk your money, basically, just um, by putting it in stock. In your experience, what's the one thing that people say when they don't want to use print-on-demand? What's their argument for not using it? It's expensive. And sometimes it's a bit ridiculous in the sense that I mean, we have to do a better job in terms of educating our potential customers, but sometimes like they're looking at a one shirt, Bella Canvas 3001, and they're like, yeah, but this shirt is screen printed and we do it like two times cheaper than on demand. It's the same shirt. Like, why would we, you know, pay more? And then we really have to educate about, hey, it's not, you're not, we're not comparing apples to apples. We really have to look at those things. Um, Like, again, you can source something two times cheaper, but the question is, you, you like, you're never, sometimes... Sometimes people don't even consider things like, hey, okay, I ordered something two times cheaper, but now I'm still sitting on 5,000 units of unsold inventory, okay? And, and you, don't, you have to include that in your price, right? In your cost analysis. Sometimes people don't even do that. And they're like, hey, print-on-demand is more expensive. So this is like a very, very basic application of print-on-demand. So you don't end up in that situation. And another one is also when you are actually ordering to um, not uh, enough stock, right? So again... Sometimes our customers are, yeah, but we don't have any inventory problems, right? Like we're selling out everything that we, you know, place. I'm like, okay, but but maybe you would have, you know, got thousand more orders and people just can't buy it because you're out of stock. Have you even thought about that? And then they're like, yeah, that makes starts make sense. But it's really, I'm, I'm surprised in a sense, like how difficult it is to to get that message across through more general messaging and, and just uh, at a bigger scale. When we start talking with our customers face-to-face and having one-on-one conversations, that starts to make more sense. But yeah, that's that's very interesting. Do you think it's a problem of short-term thinking when it comes to making those decisions? Print on demand is still relatively new. And in a lot of cases, and especially more fashion-focused brands, um, or there are different types of brands. You can have a very e-commerce driven and very data driven founder that runs an e-commerce business and they understand the benefits of print on demand much more. But then there are very fashion, very artistic uh, founders, which are great at what they do, but they don't really see exactly the application of print on demand that easily. So, um, and what it means, it means that they've been working for maybe 10 years with how they've been doing and, and doing in bulk and sourcing overseas. And then we come over with this revolutionary print-on-demand technology that's more expensive, they don't get it that easily. So that that also is important to mention. The inventory risk that I mentioned just now, that is a very basic and very relatively straightforward, but also a more interesting application is just generally um, having this mindset that, like, again, another story, we had a customer uh, that we spoke with last week and we asked, okay, everything is great. You have great business. They said, yeah, we're fine. Like, we're fine. And and now we're thinking about what is our next growth strategy? Oh, but they're not growing as fast. And they, they're like, again, yeah, print on is more expensive. Like, we don't want to do it. And I ask, okay, but what is your product strategy? How often do you actually release new products or new designs? How, how, how do you think? Like, what, what was the what was the answer? Do you, any any guesses? I, I would assume they didn't have a strategy. <laughs> well, actually, they, they did some sort of strategy. Oh, that, but, but that, what's that's so good already. They, they said they we release... Um, I think it was 10 new products per quarter. I mean, 
yes, Supreme as a model, like they can launch three shirts a year and, and sell million units. And they can also have a brick that they sell. Like they did something, something weird like that. So that's a very limited edition. But, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is 10 new products per quarter, unless you're a super limited edition type of a brand and, and with insane community, that sounds like a very, very small amount right? Yeah. To, to generate interest from your customers and your fans. And we got to a point where we said like, hey, you can do this more frequently with print on demand. An argument, which is very valid for a lot of these brands, like, hey, we don't want to oversaturate our store. We don't want to be that. We, we're not a fashion brand. We don't want to release hundred new designs every day. Makes a lot of sense. But 10 per quarter, that seemed like a, a, some, a very small amount. And they don't do more often, mainly because of inventory risk. But there are so many different directions where they could take their brand and they can do it easily with print on demand because they don't risk anything. Right? Mm. And they don't do it right now because if we're not having this conversation, they think everything's great. Do you think that print on demand is the right solution for everyone out there who's in retail e-commerce or is it like a specific type of customer? I would say it can be helpful and beneficial to almost everyone. Well, we, for example, we work with um, musicians as well. And uh, we work with world's biggest musicians and with smaller, smaller musicians. Can you name names? I can't. I can't. But, but when we talk big, I mean really big. Yeah. Um, so, and then the way how they work, they really work on what they call capsule collections. So when they, again, they, for example, you're an artist, you release an album, and this is where you do a drop. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and their demand for the merchandise is very seasonal and very um, dependent on album releases or whether your song goes viral or something like that. It's not like an evergreen um, collection that can be sold uh, yeah. all year, like a fashion brand. And for them, like having on demand, when you release a new album, like, and you pretty much put for your biggest fans, like five shirts or a hat or something. Then having an argument for really doing this with an inventory with more cost-effective solution makes a lot of sense, right? You, you, you relatively well know the demand because mm -hmm. you've done 10 drops before. You know what the demand is going to be pretty much. So you hold inventory on that. So this is a case where having on demand is not that straightforward. However, what we see great success is like um, still... You release 10 different t-shirts using a screen printing technology, which is bulk technology, bulk manufacturing. But then you launch, let's say, three additional, for example, accessories, phone cases, or two other products with print on demand to increase your average order value. And these are, for example, products that you don't necessarily know how they will perform because you've never launched them. But you also know that they can be very good addition to increase the average order value. So I would say it's helpful pretty much for everybody if you know how to use it. That's a very good point. Do you have any other examples that perhaps even you didn't predict how people are going to use print on demand? Well, we had a, we, that was, I think, in 2021, we had a, a huge brand that launched some, it was pretty much like a field marketing campaign, but a massive scale. And, and it, it, like in general, it's not a, it's not like, it's a completely new concept of how to use print on demand, but it just was in, in effectively what they did was they launched a massive field marketing campaign where if you signed up, then, and I think registered an account, you would get a free t-shirt or something. Mm -hmm. And they did like tens of thousands of orders in, in a few days. And, and that was an interesting, um, obviously with, with print on demand, I think they did also personalized. So um, writing your name on, on, on the shirt or something. So that was pretty interesting. And, and also, 
again, you don't really know the demand, right? Like you don't know how many people will sign up, how many people will register. So it's tough to predict the volumes and 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 maybe not that reasonable for you to hold inventory on that. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, if you're personalizing, that's not even an option. So that was a very interesting application. And, and the project was big, like gigantic. Is personalization something that companies are getting more interested in? It's a bit interesting topic. Like personalization is, it's a very straightforward application for print on demand. It's very easy. Mm-hmm. Like you, you speak with a brand and you don't have to com- have those complicated conversations about holding inventory or scaling new designs. Yeah. Like that's more difficult to grasp. But when you talk with them, hey, allow your end consumers personalize the design. This is what they get, which mm-hmm. is very simple and straightforward. So I would say that's your first argument, no? It is sometimes the first argument. But the problem is, which is something that we find for for a lot of brands, especially in fashion, personalization is a great application for, for print on demand. The problem is, which is actually surprising for me, consumers are not that into that, really. It's, really? it's at scale now. Like, it sounds interesting that you can go and personalize your shirt on ASOS or somewhere else. And for a small niche, like really enthusiastic people that want to go and, and add something and change something, um, it works great. But majority of people, um, they, they're not that much into going and personalizing their, their, their item, which is, that's what we see in reality. That's surprising. I think I've read so many articles lately saying, oh, people only want personalized stuff. That's it. Well, personalized can mean different things. I, I, I think here we, um, here was referring more to maybe not, I, I'd say actually customization is a better mm-hmm. word. Not personalization, customization, where you actually go and customize your shit. Yeah. Personalization can be completely different. Personalization is definitely a huge thing. And this is obviously something like, why wouldn't we buy something that's personalized yeah. to us? But here, I don't mean customizing design. I, by personalization, we can mean, for example, uh, you are using your music streaming platform. You're listening to your favorite song yeah. or something. And then you get an ad, for example, with a, with a, you, you scroll your Facebook and mm-hmm. you see an ad which shows a T-shirt with the quotes or lyrics from oh, your favorite okay. song. Because, and, and then it's obviously it's personalized it's specifically for you. That resonates with you so you convert better. So that is a personalization, and obviously that's yeah, mass, but you that's massive. Wouldn't necessarily want to put your name on top of those yeah, lyrics, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. but okay. it, it, it finds, and obviously doing this so targeted, print on demand is the best yeah. best way. It can be quite difficult to predict how big of a demand there will be for a specific T-shirt. Yeah, like we're, I don't know what, what, what is your favorite song, but I don't think it's the same uh, for me, probably. <laughs> Potenti- <laughs> potentially not, <laughs> and, yeah. And even if, even if we, we have, then probably, I don't know, maybe there are some different lyrics that you wouldn't put on, a sh- put on a shirt. So, I mean, again, with technology, we can predict those things. We can see and we can target a very personalized merchandise. I know that one of the benefits of print-on-demand is the sustainability aspect of it. Could you talk a little bit more about that part? There are two angles, and, and the other one is a bit maybe more controversial. And I sh- actually, I don't know if I should be talking about that because that doesn't play in our favor, but, but it's an interesting point, and I'm, 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 I'm happy to share it. Um, obviously, the first is that you don't have to hold inventory, so you don't, you don't, you don't have such a such waste, right? So uh, we see um, stories all the time where fashion brands and retailers are literally just, you know, putting their unsold inventory on landfills and stuff like that. So that's not good. Um, So the argument that print-on-demand is something that really helps to produce only what's demanded is a fairly good argument, right? That makes sense. 
The downside is um, sort of like a counter argument, which I've heard, and I partially agree with that, is, well, print on demand, but also allows you to launch more things, more designs, right? Which yeah. sort of drives fast fashion in a sense, because you don't have to hold any inventory. So brands that really find a good balance between those things, um, I think those are, are very good. Uh, but I also see an argument that print on demand, um, to some extent, if you are just just launching all the time new stuff um, that you can sort of drive overconsumption. There is an argument in 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 in, uh, in the industry about that. So yeah, as you said about balance, finding the right decisions to make when you're buying stuff and creating it. How do you see the retail space changing in the next five years? Oh, there's a lot of things, a lot of exciting things. Well, definitely things are changing. I'm, I'm just going to throw what's on my yes, mind please maybe, do. because I've, it's not like I have prepared a perfect answer. But like one thing we see just generally is um, e-commerce is growing, but also we see a lot of direct-to-consumer brands that have relied solely on e-commerce. Um, they struggle with profitability because of uh, high customer acquisition costs right now. So brands that have multi-channel, they're also brick and mortar selling online. Those are the brands that are relatively more successful right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of questions about whether the brand that's only online can grow beyond a certain point and have still solid profitability. There are brands like Allbirds, which is one of the uh, most um, sort of covered brand lately about how they're doing. I think they're also a publicly listed company. So um, yeah, getting customers online is is really expensive right now. Um, and that has gotten more expensive because of multiple reasons. First yeah. of all, because of just generally more brands are shifting in e-commerce. Like five years ago, e-commerce was a trend, but because of the pandemic, now everybody's there. And, and brands that, huge brands, retail fashion brands, e-commerce was important for them before mm -hmm. the pandemic. But now it's almost the core of everything that they do. So now there's a huge competition and huge demand for consumers in online space that drives up, obviously, the acquisition costs. Uh, and another one is, is, is also, for example, specifically on Facebook, it's the changes in privacy um, yeah. uh, area and, 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 and iOS updates. And that affected now things are normalizing, but that affected um, a, lot of, a lot of that as well. Uh, brands just struggling to find proper targeting and hence struggling with profitability. Uh, so that is, that is, that is one. Um, so you think that online might not be enough in the, at some point in the future, you have to also do something physical. Like enough is, um, depends what is enough for, right? You mm -hmm. can build a very successful brand, seven figure, eight figure brand purely online, but at a, at a certain point that this, if you want to scale further than having a physical presence is something that a lot of the brands that have been just online are considering that. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, for example, ASOS, it's not, I don't think they have publicly stated that they're opening up stores or not to my knowledge, but I am pretty certain at some point they will do. Like I'm 100% sure. ASOS, which is a huge fashion retailer, mm. multi-billion uh, retailer, um, so yeah, I think they're going to become aggressive at some point in, in opening more stores physically. I remember I was listening to some interview with like a futurologist of retail before the pandemic. 
And back then they were pretty sure that people are going to create more, like brands are going to create more brick and mortar store, stores with special customer experiences that, where people can go and really enjoy the experience. And then pandemic happened and it was yeah. like, okay, we're, we're going to do everything online now. Yeah. I mean, like, like foot traffic on malls is back to pretty much pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. So that's, I mean, physical retail is, is surprisingly resilient. And yes, everybody thought that uh, also from uh, after the pandemic, um, the growth in e-commerce is, is going to continue uh, mm -hmm. at a similar speed. It's not like it's still it's still it's it's still delivering solid performance. But the way how physical retail uh, rebounded is is very impressive. So definitely not. I think I think what's changing is like physical retail is not anymore just about having a store and and you know a bunch of shirts mm -hmm. um on on shelves so people can buy it as you just mentioned it is about creating a retail experience something that well still right now when we go to an online store we're opening a website okay you can build a more beautiful website less beautiful website but it's still just opening up a website mm -hmm. when you go to a physical store obviously you can build much more experience about how you walk like the design and everything and that's just on a different level uh, also how you buy things and and uh, yeah i think brands will double down on making their retail stores more about experience than just just for purchasing clothing for example and do you see the online space changing a lot or is it gonna go in a similar direction that we're already in the competition is is much bigger than it used to be so obviously there's going to be some innovation um, brands are experimenting with metaverse uh, we see luxury brands um, gucci and, and and others opening up their metaverse projects and um, trying to launch some initiatives interesting projects on roblox and things like that so i i, I think that is a huge one mm -hmm. um and it also helps to establish this connection with uh younger generations uh gen z for example i think nike also did something interesting they're betting big on metaverse not like maybe not betting big but definitely trying to experiment a lot with those things um so that's definitely changing an online space but that's very very global speaking of innovation what do you think will change for the print-on-demand industry in the future? Because even when you started at Printful, I don't think at that point we even did embroidery, which is now a very fast-growing category that I think a lot of companies are interested in. Mm. Do you see more techniques coming in or faster fulfillment times or some other improvements that uh, mm. POD is going to work on? I think the three things that we can expect as regards to print-on-demand, the first one is the quality is going to just get better and better mm -hmm. um and it's like you know you have a smartphone and then and then you use an analog phone and then it's just a matter of time until the technology catches up mm -hmm. um but right now we're only on our smartphones um so i think digital printing is just gonna at some point achieve a level of quality and price that is just going to beat everything else and and why would we produce something in bulk if we can produce everything on demand. So I think there's going to be a massive improvements in quality that we can expect in the next years, but also making it more cost efficient. Mm -hmm. So that is like one and two combined. And the third thing is we're just going to be able to make more things on demand. And it's, I see a future where a fashion designer, we're just from, from a luxury brand or, or any other brand, will just be able to log into their 3D system, build a address, with a few clicks, push it and and make it live. And the process right now it's 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 very complicated and very very difficult. But I see a future where 
everything that you wear and I wear right now is going to be able to possible to make on demand. And I'm very excited about that. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us today. Very excited for the future that we have in print on demand industry and retail in general. I think there's going to be some changes in the future. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our conversation with Kaspers. Make sure to check out the links in the description to learn more about print on demand. And don't forget to subscribe and tune in for the next episode of Ideas Fulfilled by Printful Enterprise. 